This is attorney Maytal Manzuri. This is attorney Alexis Steinberg. And together, we're Legally Blunt. What's up, you guys? I am Olivia Alexander, and I am here with Wolfie. Wolfie in the house. Um, still not saying her name. Well, I mean, I can go by Rachel. I don't give a fuck. I think I say it sometimes, but anyways. I'm having an identity crisis. We are here with someone that you have seen on BuzzFeed. You have seen them on Instagram, and they are full of not only knowledge, but uh, sex appeal, and they're freaking awesome, and I worship them. I went to the eve of legalization, and I learned so much. I've been literally, you know, giving legal jargon in everyday life, uh, so <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Budfeed podcast, the 420 attorneys who you know as Legally Blunt, Alexa and Maytal. Yes. Hello. Hi. Thank you. What a warm welcome. Well, you know, that's why they pay me the big bucks. Uh, I love that. Zero dollars. Exactly. But yeah, thank you guys so much for coming. Well, thank you for having us. This is kind of fun. This is very fun. What do you ladies say to people who say Prop 64 and legalization will be bad for the cannabis industry? Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you know, that's really the issue. Is it going to be bad? Is it going to be good? The sky is not going to fall. And it's... <laughs> you a- mean- it's not. Yeah, the sky is not going to fall, and you know this is an evolving industry and an, an evolving consumer, and the law is evolving, and we have to not fear change, rather welcome it. And you know the Compassionate Use Act has taken twenty years to get where it is today, and it's still effed up. And I think part of the problem is the separation between recreational or adult use and medical. That's one distinction that I think is important to recognize and regulate. And um, every individual can make that distinction for themselves, right? We're not here. We're not doctors. We're not telling you you're a patient. You're not a patient. That's the doctor's job. But um, I think that's one really important distinction. I think for me as a criminal defense attorney, um, the biggest distinction is that now selling marijuana or cultivating Um, or distributing is no longer charged as a felony. I think that's the hugest deal. And, you know, I've been reading all these anti-marijuana papers that say, well, it actually creates new crimes. And you know what? I'll concede that's true. It does create new crimes. But that's part of regulation. When you regulate things, you create new crimes. and Because there's more laws and rules to that break, people have right. to follow. Yeah. Well, new crimes, exactly. You know, pe- there are new laws and rules and people are going to break them. That's just the nature of... Right. And so you're creating new rules. And I'm sorry, like, it can't just be like, marijuana is legal. Go get it wherever, however, whenever you want it. Grow it wherever you want it without any kind of supervision. <laughs> yeah. Have yeah. as much as don't, you want. Don't, I mean, people don't realize that the FDA, I learned this again. Listen, I know so many things now. They regulate it down to the lock, he said. Down to the kind of locks that are on your safe. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We're not getting yeah. that. We're yeah. not getting that kind of regulation. Right. We're just getting some rules. But I always tell people, unless you've ever had an illegal grow inside of a building somewhere... Don't tell me about what we should be doing. It's right. no fun. It's no way to run a business. It makes everyone inefficient. It makes everyone unsuccessful. It it's creates a great. black market. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to, we have to have progress. That's the problem. They don't want progress. Right. They want prop. 
215. Well, because people are stay. afraid of change. Every no matter what it is, is even it? if it's changed for the it? better. Is change. that yes. all of it? That's all of it. That's literally prop 64. It. Yeah. 62 pages. They literally have printed it out and they That's have the it problem. It's with, like like it's amazing. Again, 62 pages. Like it has yeah, to be and unconscionable in some you know, respect of the word. I mean, who? nobody's going to read and comb through 62 pages. And um, what is the essence of, of, of Prop it. 64 to, in layman's terms? Like what is in it? In layman's terms, it, it recreationalizes and decriminalizes the possession of, what is it, an ounce mm-hmm. of marijuana for um, adults 21 and over um, with including a provision that mandates that all cannabis-related crimes are to be charged as misdemeanors, whereas right now they're being charged as felonies. And anybody who has been convicted of um, a cannabis-related crime as a felony in the past can now petition or will be able to petition the court to reduce their charges to a misdemeanor. So those are are like the big... And when you think about the, the, like, you know, socioeconomic slash racial... Pers- you know, side of things and, and talking about, you know, how um, largely African-Americans have been affected by felony convictions relating to marijuana. You're talking about a large population and those people being able to reduce that crime to a misdemeanor. They can apply for a job and say, you know, no, I've never been convicted of a felony. And that changes people's lives. Yeah. What about like, like the reality of this saying, like acknowledging, like, we don't know what's going to happen because I've watched many documentaries about Colorado. And the one thing that they didn't know was all the things they didn't know. Of course. Yes. Yeah. You just don't know. They didn't know people were going to jump off, you know, buildings and edibles were going to be this thing. And, you know, they didn't, they had no idea. It's just the same reality is that this is a huge population. This is a huge amount of people. We don't necessarily know with driving, with DUIs, with all these things. Right. And what is the reality of like lobbying to change this? Okay. So that's, so, <clears throat> the problem with many of these uh, laws usually is that they're voter initiatives. Voter initiatives is a is a tool, is a power the people of the state have, but it's also, you know, somewhat misplaced in that, you know, there's a reason why the legislative process exists. It exists to vet a law. And so when some, uh, when a law like this is put together, it's 62 pages long, and you go to the polls and you're voting on something and there's all these unforeseen consequences, that's an issue. But you know what? The legislators are not creating these laws. They're not helping us. And so that's why we have to do these voter initiatives. And sometimes that's why we have to take the good with some of the bad. But the silver lining, like you said, is they can actually amend this law. So legislators can now take this, they can marry it with the MCRSA. The license types are almost identical. The bureau um, that's going to be handling this is the same. We know the ladies that run that bureau. They are so professional and so smart and so dedicated and hardworking. It's amazing. And the head of it came over from the ABC, the Alcohol Beverage Control. And you know that thing runs like a fucking clock. Yep. So you're like, good. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's going to have unintended consequences. That's a reality, but I can't tell you what those are necessarily. Um, I read about one sort of, uh, yesterday that was interesting. That was that basically if you're a patient, you're not gonna have to pay sales tax anymore. What? Yes. Wow. 
If you go to the Department of Health and get your state ID card, and you have the state ID card, not just your rec from your doctor, but your state ID card, you don't have to pay sales tax anymore. Or a license. Sorry? Or your license. No, 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 on your purchase. Correct? On your purchase. On your yes. purchase. On your purchase. At the point, point of, of sale. Correct. Correct. Wow. What I understood so the 10% was there, that there's like a 15% excise tax across the board. For recreational. And then, and then only sales tax and as on a, rec. as a person who understands rec. growing cannabis. That's medical. I'm talking about medical. There's no sales tax. Right. Not recreational. Right. But the, the recreational tax is also something to remember that, again, all these people out there, all these naysayers forget as a person who, who's grown it, who understands how the businesses work, is this. The price of cannabis is going to dramatically fall. It will not stay what it is right. once we're in a different regulated system. Mm -hmm. And that is what people are missing. It's just not going to be the same price. And mm -hmm. it's not necessarily mm -hmm. something people are jumping from the rooftops about, but it's going, there's going to be a leveling off in the market. And that's the other thing that people have to be aware of. Right. It's not going to be the same price when if, if people only knew the, like the way that product is moved and how much of a, a struggle it is for businesses and how many of them operate eight, 12, 15 hours away and have to move this product down right. to LA. That's right. the other thing. Like what happens when your facility is only 15 miles from, right. you know, a large amount of people in Los right. Angeles. So there's, there's just so many things that people are yeah. overlooking. Well, and then, understand. you know, you also have to think that medical might get more expensive because there might be more regulations. There might have to have those locks, you know, that the guy was talking about that will comply with FDA. We don't know where it's going, but there's going to be more producers. There's going to be more purchasers. And the black market is such an intangible that once you sort of filter that into the wash, we'll see what happens. But let me tell you this. All I can tell you, when I first started practicing in L.A. in 2008, the price of a pound was $6,000. What? Mm -hmm. Wow. Today, the price of a pound, you're lucky if you get 3000 right? The Green Easy in 2007, I was a bud tender and we sold a $90 eighth of Skywalker. $90 no eighth. No way. That's where I see. So recreational, I think, will be more expensive because there will be more taxes. And the people that buy recreational will not be um, patients. <clears throat> You know, they will be tourists. They will be like, oh, I'm just going to like have a joint tonight. Let me go pay $20 for a joint or whatever they're going to pay, right? I mean, I lived in Amsterdam and that's the way it was. There were the shops that were for the locals and there were the shops that were for the tourists. And the shops for the tourists were way pricier than the top, than the shops for the locals. Yeah, we've just, we've lived in such a bubble. There's so many people here who've just been privileged to this gray area sort of clusterfuck because it's really been a <laughs> clusterfuck behind the yeah. scenes like yeah. I don't I, I mean at least from my perspective I know people who've gone to jail I know people who have been raided people who have you know I mean literally I where I live in Santa Clarita there was a crazy bust just like last week and they had like seven million dollars in product inside this wow. operation in a strip mall sheesh yep and I'm just like people have no idea like at any given time I always question how many thousands of grows are in Los Angeles legally nobody has I, I mean I know what buildings kind of look like and I know what little signs to look for, but still I have no idea. I like, I mean, I was, t I took a walk with a girlfriend of mine the other day and she was like that house over there. They, they don't live in it. They just grow. And I was like, what? 
I was like, it looks like people live there. <laughs> so I still have no idea. I mean, we, my neighbors, possibly. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm very excited, though, mind. with Prop 64 about the idea of the home grow. I mean, I am. I, I Me too. I enjoy it. Yeah. I think it's so relaxing. I think there's But you so can have a home grow now. Well, yeah, but I, I don't feel necessarily, you know, that I don't same. feel as comfortable. I really don't. Really? Well, and I also rent. I need to buy a home. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I don't feel comfortable growing in, in a rental. But, yeah. But once I own my home, but I still, I don't know. I, for me, there's still a difference. Like, even though we have a collective, we have all the things. It's right. just, it's a, a more of a freedom because the, it's also where I live too. I live in the suburbs. So, you know, in Santa Clarita. Yeah. Isn't that where cops go to retire? Yeah. And exactly. And a lot of people in the industry. <laughs> That's exactly there. where you want to be growing where all the retired cops are. Oh, the people, the first so day they came over and like introduced themselves and I was like in a bikini and I was like totally stoned and they were like asking <laughs> That's me great. what I did. And I'm like, I That's work so for fun. cannabis brands. I don't know. Vaporizer and they're like, company, oh, so okay. Never came over ever. Again. <laughs> God. No muffins. Never. No, like even though I'm very grateful that basket. they've never complained. I've never gotten like no one said anything to the landlord because there's you know plumes of smoke coming from the back. <laughs> like, I love it. Fucking all these people who invented pre-rolled joints and packs like they've ruined me. Oh my gosh. I'm. I need to start buying them in bulk. Like I just buying need. My, them in bulk. No, I just need my own brand. I just need my own brand. I'm like it's weird. I want like, someone to. Perhaps market the like there should be a super attorney's brand <gasps> of weed. Yeah, great. We'll start selling weed, Alexa. Good idea. No, but I don't want to <laughs> sell it. I still need to do your papers, your business card. Papers. I know our rolling know. papers. I don't want to sell it. I just, I just want to have something that's called the 420 attorneys. I just want. I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna have Wolfie OG one day. What if it's go. like, what if it's like a really good body lotion or something oh, yeah. after you know you're stressed out <gasps> as an attorney? I love that body lotion. Oh, or and it would. I think it should be called Legally Blunt. Oh, oh yes. Ooh, you guys I should sell the blunts. cigarettes. Sell the legal blunts. <gasps> legally oh, Blunt. We could just sell. sell- <laughs> Creative Legally minds blunts. at work. Ladies and gentlemen, creative minds We can at work. help. We can Slash. help brand them. This is so great. <laughs> I know someone who can give you a logo. <laughs> Do your social media. <laughs> I just want to know like where normal has been in all of this. Normal has been, I think normal has been, and, and I'm part of normal. Um, Moving that way, right? Yeah. I feel they, like I've seen a lot of chapters in like normal Texas right. and here and there. So yes. I feel like they may be working out West. Like yeah. it, it, this was DPA. This is yeah. DPA. Yeah. This, this is DPA right? baby. Yeah. And well, and they, and DPA was competing with, um, I don't know the exact name of the organization, but I know Dale who runs Oaksterdam mm-hmm. and she was a part of it and she's phenomenal, but she didn't have the money. She didn't have the money. She didn't have the support. You know, stoners don't tend to get their ass in gear until crisis time. I mean, we advise a political organization here in L.A. that I'm so passionate about and getting the community to donate their time, their money, their efforts. It's literally like pulling teeth. I mean, cannabis businesses don't really donate or participate with their wallets in in my experience, but... They come out in crisis time. I feel That's like they it's, it's no, it, to me, it just seems like it's a no brainer. I mean, we can get excited about gay marriage. We can get excited about, right. you know, other things, but weed is something actually worth, you know, getting excited for. And I feel like it shouldn't be that hard to like 
organize if there's an incentive. Right. If you're giving away something, you know, people love free shit. Plus, there has to be a cool people way to market. Free shit. And stoners love free shit. So so there has to be. Do they? They a, do. They, they do. do. Well, and there has to be a way to entice them to get them excited to vote for legalization. I mean, I feel like maybe part of this somewhere the ball was dropped or, well, you know, we just got too high and never picked up the ball at all. And, you know, like, there's there's commercials. I mean, the, the look to Lynn Lyman said to me at you guys' event, which I was so excited to meet her. And oh, meet, love her. Um, Don Duncan. Yeah, she's great. I had never actually met them. And I mean, I went to LAPCG. That was my shop. That's where I met Eric. Like, uh-huh. it was a place that like I trusted in the community. And I think, you know, people also don't realize that these these dispensaries, not all of them are like responsible in the community and have been responsible, responsibly run. So people like him, you know, I was just honored to meet. And she said, we're so much more organized this time. We, we really are like the movement has an organization. And it's just that, it's just that like core community that I think it's really comes down to misinformation and not wanting to be, uh, not wanting to have change. But I always thought too, like the, um, Part of the whole problem with cannabis in California is it's everywhere, but it's nowhere at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, I we've been hi- everyone's been hiding. It's like everywhere, like on every corner. And I feel Everybody's like it's hiding. everywhere, and everyone uses it. But then, like when it comes to like that was my whole thing with Prop D. Like I'm just like, where are all these people who like? We know that these dispensaries have patients. We know there yeah. are thousands and thousands of people who use cannabis in the city, and they just—it's something that it people seems don't like talk about. The, advo- the advocacy is lost. Well, I feel like I there's think it's just because it's L.A. Like I don't know, but LA I think is a city of oh, like the worst social justice. <laughs> but, no, but uh, Olivia, you hit the nail on the head when I think you said that there was a disconnect between the people running this campaign and the grassroots, mm-hmm. which is unlike the marijuana movement because the marijuana movement is grassroots. And so to have that disconnect, because I have so many people asking me who are stoners, who are in the politics in L.A., who are like really active, you know, what should we do? Should we vote on Prop 64 or should we not? If they haven't been connected until this point, two weeks before the election, to the people that are running that campaign, that's problematic. Yeah. I just feel yeah. like there's just not, an, you know, there's just such a divide in this industry. And it's like you either are for Prop 64 or you're against it, but you don't even know why you're for it or against it sometimes. You know, and then people don't even know why they're against it. They just listen to all the, the propaganda and the fear mongering. And it's like... You know, we just need to pass it so that we can Mm -hmm. then decide, okay, once it's passed, here's what we're going to do. Well, people create like in their mind what they think Prop 64 is. Like some people are like, oh, we're becoming Colorado, which in a sense could be true. But in a sense, you know, our piece of legislation is completely different than Colorado. Or people are thinking like, oh, recreational is, you know, it's going to be like alcohol. And that's not true either. So people create in their minds what they think 64 is, and then they sort of run with it. Well, yeah, because like, well, and that's one thing about like the Colorado versus California comparison. Like I worked in a shop before it was ever even considered legal in Colorado. And that's why it was so funny to me when people would like relate Colorado when I would first say like, oh, I have a vaporizer company. I'm in the cannabis industry. This is what I do. When people would be like, um... Oh, Colorado. Right. Like, no, no, no. Like, like that's not what this is. Like, we're California. Yeah, this totally. is our culture. Mm-hmm. Totally. And that's sort of the one thing that I'm like, 
it's so strange. It is this crazy paradox where it is our culture. It's part of our life. It's part of, we have industry here. We have, sorry to go back to Colorado, but the one thing I thought of was like the whole, they're voting on um, public consumption right now. And isn't public consumption built into 64 already in some facets, like licensing for like actual Mm -hmm. cafes and bars that, Oh, I love that. And some say that's going to be the biggest industry. You know, that's going to be actually the license that, you know, everybody wants because you have now, you know, like you said, the product's not going to be that expensive anymore. You're creating like an environment and people, there is a sense of community and people do like to gather and smoke, but they have to do it in their house or they have to do it in hiding. Now they can just come out you know, bring out like, you know, um, the ones in Amsterdam are so funny. They don't have any coffee. I mean, they don't have any alcohol. Everyone actually has coffee or juice or snacks or like little tea cakes. Like it's yeah. just like so cute. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Like that's awesome. I mean, I want to get crossfaded. So I really hope I can have my Pinot and my joint, but you know, <laughs> they're making I'm weed. There's a weed wine. You're there's kidding. a weed wine. Yeah, Mary, there's, they've been around for That's a never going to be licensed. I know. I know. <laughs> Unless it's CBD. You can get away with it if it's CBD. Well, actually, I've had some CBD beer, um, some CBD beer, like, uh, samples from this brewery that, of course. And how was my that? My cannabis scientist of a fiancé is, you know, passionate about. Um, <laughs> and it's really good because you're not, like, you know, you feel something. You definitely feel like an elevate in, in your mood, mm-hmm. but you're not mm-hmm. like getting mm-hmm. fucking hammered. And right. I'm one of those people because I can't, I can't drink a lot. Neither can I. Nope. I get so nope. drunk so fast, mm-hmm. and I always have. Like I never understood it. And then I got older and was like, why would you ever try and drink as much as everyone else? Like that's. Oh my gosh, totally. So, <laughs> we just had a moment. Yeah, <laughs> it's unfortunate that it's unfortunate that. It'll take us a long time, but that's one thing about Colorado. Like, they're just voting right now on trying to get, like, places that you can consume it. Like, they legalize it, and then you can smoke it anywhere. Right. I heard people going there as tourists, so they'd go to, like, get the – they'd go to the dispensary, and they'd buy their weed, and then they'd be at their hotel, and their hotel was like, we will find you. You will be right. picked out. Right. Like, right. So they went to the front desk, and they were like, dude, like, where do we smoke this? And they're like, out there in the parking lot. Or they have, like, <laughs> services that will just drive you around in your – Oh, that's cool. Just, like, drive around and, like – Like, Duber. Smoke in the, in the RV or whatever. Um, one of my clients was telling me that there's a um, convalescent home across – like, from Marina Del Rey that takes a trip once a week to his dispensary. That is like 20 old people on this bus. Love it. They unloaded his dispensary. And then they just all smoke on the way back. Oh, my, <laughs> my God. God. I would love that? to film wow. that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. like, yeah. The gra- like the grandma one where I'm they like, got them all video. high. Uh, can yeah. we a video? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking no, amazing. I mean, well, it's also like, it's just, that's epic. What are the most frequently asked questions that you guys get um, as as 420 cannabis attorneys? I mean, well, we get some sophisticated questions because we deal with a lot of business owners. As she twirls her hair. <laughs> I mean, where's my have, bubble gum? Have, I should be blowing bubbles. Have crimes related to cannabis gone down or have they increased? Um, well, what I've noticed, and Maytal can either attest or agree, but what I've noticed is when the laws begin to change, especially in Los Angeles, LAPD likes to flex their muscle a little bit and like remind everybody that they're mm. still in charge. And so like when the MCRSA passed, 
back in October of 2015, um, we saw an increase in um, arrests and raids. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that that translates to an increase in prosecutions because arrests and prosecutions are kind of two separate steps. Mm -hmm. You know, once you're arrested, the law enforcement agency, whomever that may be, has to put together their investigation and they send it over to the DA's office and the DA reads it for legal cause and determines if they're going to file charges or not. So um, it didn't necessarily translate into um, prosecutions, but there were definitely a lot of arrests and raids that I noticed every time Mm -hmm. there's talk about law changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Um, and you know, it's just, it's constantly getting better as far as the conversation we're going to have with the prosecutor and whether the case is going to be dismissed, charged, convicted, et cetera. I mean, we have a better case in general. The police operate on their own and they, um, they're our wild card. Yeah. How did the, what is the, what is the, what is the attitude of the LAPD towards cannabis? Would you say, do you have a read on that? I think I think it depends on um, what division you're dealing with. Yes. And, you know, because LAPD is everywhere from like Devonshire and Canoga all the way to like downtown Los Angeles. And the ideologies of those two different divisions, even though they're all LAPD, are vastly different. And beyond that, there's the narcotics division. There's the major gangs. Yes. Right. So there's different task forces for the different types of crimes. So the narcotics divisions in like, you know, some areas of the Valley are super intense. I mean, it just depends on where you're at. It also depends on the individual officer. Isn't that just so conflicting and biased and completely unfair? (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, yes. I shouldn't laugh. It's sad. I always laugh. I I mean, I have, we have clients that come in and like sit down and say, say to us like, you know, who had been arrested because of a rape or whatever their lives are simply ruined because they just got a bad yes yeah well some cops you know are really gung-ho about you know the raid and the arrest and whatever the case may be and a lot of times yeah a lot of times it's honestly it's like racial profiling as far as um if you're sorry to say armenian good luck yes and you know that is a real thing and you know I had a police report that mentioned that the fact that my client was Armenian maybe five times. Yeah, seven I mean, like, times. I, what is the what point? is that? What's the That's point? That's irrelevant. That? Why is that? I know? think you know. Wouldn't it be? I just feel like it would be so important for like the 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 cannabis industry to go to the to to almost make friends with law enforcement. Well, we and tried. educate them. We that, attempted that to do this, that. That these aren't <laughs> these aren't criminals out here. You know. I mean, obviously in every group, there's going to be people who ruin it for the rest of it. But these are just law abiding citizens who are just trying to have access to medicine or if they, you know, they want to just grow so they don't have to go to a dispensary like growing tomatoes instead of going to the farmer's market. The reality is they're not growing for themselves. They're growing for others. And that's where the gray law exists. And that's why, you know, you ask an officer and they'll say, I'm just enforcing the law. Yeah, there are a lot of officers that don't agree with it and they say, I'm just doing my job. Right. Or they they just, you know, that's kind of like a, almost like a, it's a soldier mentality or an organizational mentality that whatever the top says, that's just what we do. And it, I watched The Wire, so I know about how all this. (laughs) Oh my. I've never seen The Wire. You're the second person. You would really like it. Oh my God. Are you kidding? It's 
probably one of the greatest what, television shows it's ever. A really made. good show. Oh, so much. And it, our it, spin instructor just told us that. Remember? That yes. Yeah. Yes. You would love it. Maytal and I went to Soul Cycle, and our spin instructor was like. Do you guys watch The Wire? This is so cool. Because Maytal was proudly wearing her Manzuri Law marijuana leaf tank Love top. Got called out in got the middle of spin class. In the middle of Soul wow. Cycle. Like, oh, we got a marijuana sheared over here. Oh, well, it's California. So I guess that's, you know, yep. that flies. And I was like, yep, uh-huh, that's right. And just this morning, my very best friend in the entire world, she who is uh, seven months pregnant, sent me a photo of her on the way to the gym wearing her Manzuri Law <laughs> marijuana leaf Love it. tank top. And her huge belly. And That's her amazing. huge belly with a That's caption a that said, pregnant and proud. And I, I love. was like, I love you. <laughs> I love it's it. so cute. Yes, she's repping big time. <laughs> so what is the future like before we wrap it up? What's the future like for Legally Blunt and for you guys? And then also, can, where can we find you? Yes, obviously. Well, our future. Wow. I feel like there's so much going on. Yeah. We have a ton going on. We have a ton going on. I would say more of the same. We just like, you know, so busy. We have our Legally Blunt podcast. We have our YouTube with BudFeed. That's all this exciting stuff. Then we have our website. I mean, we also, you know, you were talking about legal Zoom. We're looking at something called Cannabis Justice, which is like providing sort of all of these easy tasks for the cannabis community. Sort of like a legal Zoom for like a legal the Zoom. cannabis I will community. be your first customer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even though... <laughs> Never mind. We don't need to talk about that. We so we've got a, we've got a lot of projects. I mean, you know, we don't just lawyer. In fact, lawyering is a small portion of what we do. Well, not a small portion, but well, <laughs> we're so busy doing so yes. many things. We have and, a lot of everything. You know, um, what's in the future? It's always so hard to say. I think we'll just keep doing what we do. Hopefully, grow. I want to grow the firm a lot. I want a yes. lot of really cool hip lawyers who are also cannabis advocates to come like work with us. That's what I really want. You have to be a stoner, a lawyer, and a hustler. Oh man, you, you have, have to, to my fucking sister. hustle your ass. You have to hustle. <laughs> you, you, you I mean, like her. 10, 11 o'clock, my phone will go off at night and I'm like, oh, it's my tall. Let's have a conversation about work. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't stop. Just yeah. because you're not in the office. This is not this is not a nine to five career. This is a twenty four seven passion. Oh, we can relate. I would say that's where four twenty attorneys are going. That's where legally blunt is going, is yes. to DC. Taking it federal. We're gonna follow us to yeah. DC, everybody. <laughs> I think that that's the big the big target. You know how like um, the Kardashians started up like keeping up the Kardashians yeah. and then like Courtney and Chloe take Miami. It's yeah. like, okay, legally blunt. And then like legally takes blunt Miami. goes to DC and <laughs> legally blunt takes Miami. Not Legal. really sure why, but we're going to go there. Right. That's okay. <laughs> Ryan Seacrest. Are you listening? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Forget it. The Kardashians are out. We need some new hot brunettes, right? Yep. <laughs> there you go. We'll tell everybody where they can follow you guys and, and get in touch with you guys. You can find us on Instagram at 420 Attorneys and on Facebook and on Twitter. It's all at 420 Attorneys. And then you can listen to our podcast on iTunes. It's Legally Blunt. Or you can visit legally-blunt.com. And you can also look up the Cultivators Alliance. That's our um, 
foundation, our group that we represent, and they really make the biggest mountains move um, in the city of Los Angeles, which is so remarkable to be a part of. And we hope that you will join or look it up or send an email or donate a dollar, whatever it is, come to a meeting. Um, it's generally the first Thursday of every month. Gorgeous. And you can't forget, you can also visit us at MissouriLaw.com. Mm-hmm.